Hi, and thank you for joining us for the Compass Catholic Podcast. My name is Caitlin Kano. I'm joined by my co-host, Diana Rojas, as we meet every week to explore personal finance topics from an authentically Catholic perspective. On this podcast, we explore the spiritual, emotional, and economic aspects of money. Thanks for joining us. Hi, and welcome to the Compass Catholic Podcast. This week, we are so blessed to have a dear friend back, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming back. Sure. Thank you for having me. And what um, kind of led this conversation to take place is the introduction of our, our new term that we're going to own and we're going to love, and that term is financial discipleship. And last time Aaron was on, we were talking about some ways that he stays disciplined within his own life. And I thought he'd be a great guest to come on as we have this conversation about discipleship and what it means to be a financial disciple um, and kind of go from there and see where the conversation goes and where the Holy Spirit leads us. I think what's really interesting though is that the word discipline tends to have a negative connotation, right? Like you think of the word discipline and some of us cringe. And I know when uh, my kids hear the word discipline, they think you know they're getting in trouble. But what's interesting is that lack of discipline can also lead to some pretty gnarly consequences like debt or, you know, all, all these different things that happen when you're not disciplined. And um, knowing that the word discipline and discipleship are, they come from the same Latin root word. And I, I think words are chosen on purpose, right? Like words mean things. Um, I'm kind of curious what the two of you think about that, that the the fact that discipline can be a word that can can have a negative connotation, but it's also a word that we need to stay fit, in, you know, whether it be financially fit, healthy fit, and, and everything else. So um, I'm kind of curious what the two of you think about that. Well, it's funny because you were talking, we've been talking for a few minutes before we were started recording, and not once did I think of discipline as like a punishment. Like, not once did that come to mind. So it's funny that that's how your kids think of it as. You're getting disciplined. You're getting punished. You're getting so. I hadn't even thought of it. I think of it more like, um, like staying in shape, kind of whatever shape, spiritual shape or or, or physical shape. But for me, it's like that that the being routined and having a set schedule and and knowing that I have to do this. It's going to be tough to do this, but it's going to benefit me. So I think that kind of ties into like the disciple part of it where um they knew they had to do something right and it, it wasn't going to be easy to follow to follow christ it wasn't going to be sometimes even fun but they knew that the end goal was worth it so the discipline was worth what they were being asked to do you know that's how i kind of think of it i like one of the statements that diana made about uh, almost alluding to planting seeds and i think that's something you do with discipline you're sowing seeds whether it be getting up early every morning to do your prayer uh doing your daily workouts to stay fit, uh, saving or investing money, and then looking at uh, compounding interest down the road at 10, 15, 20 years to grow your money. I think when you look at discipline that way, when you're planting the seeds right now to benefit you later, it, it definitely spins it in a much more positive way. So I think it's, it's interesting is that um, you two are both talking about things like routine and schedule and these things that some people may think are monotonous or like, you know, every single day you're doing the same thing and how can you yield different results? 
But at the same time, especially when it comes to financially, well, I mean, anything, anything you do that has a daily habit and has discipline behind it is you get to yield the benefit of the compounding benefit of it. So it, when it comes to finances, we're talking about compounding, you know, um, interest and we're talking about a prayer life um, and showing up every day in some way to be in communion with the Lord. Um, there's a compounding benefit to it. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about that, that compounding element to discipline. I think, um, I mean, for me, the, the easy answer to explain is more the financially, it's, you know, when you think about saving money or investing money, um, if you throw in a, you know, Google compound interest calculator, it's astounding what happens 10, you know, especially 20 and 30 years down the road with money that you put away right now. And so that's money that you could, you know, right now go and indulge, you know, whatever, you know, whim you want and have some pleasure now. But if you can delay gratification, you can certainly set yourself up for great things down the road if you're willing to delay that gratification, discipline yourself now and put that money away. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, I love the delayed gratification because that's how I think of it also. But what you were saying, Caitlin, um, you were saying the the benefits get compounded, right? And and for me, yes, routines can be like super boring to some people, but I love my routine. Like I love that I have a prayer routine, I have a financial routine, I have a workout routine because of exactly that reason. Because I know that it's going to yield some sort of result, right? So if I don't have a routine and I leave it to chance, Diana's not good at that. Diana won't work out, she won't pray, she won't save money. And then when I need, right, when I need to be healthier, when I need to have pay something off or when I need a prayer or, or God's graces, I don't have it because I haven't been working at it and, I, and it takes me longer to get there. Where if I, I know that I have that routine and every day I'm praying or every day I'm putting money away or every day I'm working out, then I know in the long run, like I'm going to have what I need when I need it. I know we're supposed to leave things in God's hands and I, and I think that's important, but I think, I don't think God wants us to sit idly either. Like he wants us to trust in him. He's going to provide, but part of that trust is, Okay, I'm going to help you, but you got to move also. Like you got to do something. You can't just, okay, God, I'm here waiting. Where's my savings account? Like you got to, you got to make that happen a little bit on your own, not just completely sit idly and do nothing. So routines can be boring, but I love my routine, man. It, it gets me through. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're right. Where, you know, it's the Lord will care for us as long as we're, we're doing, he'll care for us no matter what. Cause we're his children. I, mean, I know my children, I'll care for them. Um, you know, whether or not they're following my rules, I'm going to do it. I can do to make sure they are cared for in one way or another. Um, and sometimes it's going to be tough lessons. Sometimes it's going to be you making sure, you know, um, that things are in place they didn't think of. And, you know, the Lord is, is, is our father and he's going to be taking care of us in, in his godly ways. Um, but also he gave us math, right? Like he gave us math to figure out the power of compounding and the power of, of, of saving. And I think there's also an element of God math, right? I mean, he gave us basic math, but sometimes, you know, we, we, we know we can't, well, I guess all the times we know he can't be, um, outdone in generosity. We know that sometimes, um, he just comes through in miraculous ways. So I'm wondering if you can speak to that, the power of just using, math to help us figure out our finances and figure out, you know, what we should be doing with our money, but also allowing room for God to work miracles, which he does. He does. And, you know, we can't deny those, those little miracles, big miracles, whatever it is. Um, he comes through 
And sometimes it's going to be a hard lesson. Sometimes it's going to be, um, uh, you know, a beautiful event. And we don't know um, because his plan is greater than ours. Thank God for that, right? Because right. if his plan was my plan, I would have been doomed a long time ago. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that didn't work out because obviously you have something way better in store for me. But um, yeah, math. So obviously, if you guys don't know, I'm a math teacher, fourth grade math teacher. So not quite enough to help you with your budget, but still important stuff that I'm teaching. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, Caitlin, you know, I was just, I just got off of a Zoom call with the Bible study, with Faith and Money Matters Bible study. And today's lesson was about the budget and just writing down everything that you spend and then adding it up and saying, okay, I have this much that I spend in mortgage and this much in that I spend in other areas of my life. And um, I think that's so important. And it's, it's, it's so simple, but I think in that aspect, math is a gift, right? Like to be able to just sit there and look at, understand what these numbers mean and how they're affecting our life. Because I think that all, it all kind of comes together. Like if you're understanding your budget, then that kind of can help you to guide how you should be living your life, which should be according to God's will. So if you know where your money's going, and how it's going the wrong way, then you can kind of align that better with your faith if you know where it's going. But if you have no clue where your money's going, if you're not doing that math, then you're just spending wildly or un or unprudently and you're not really taking care of, of what you do have. So yeah, that's what I think. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I like that idea that if you can maintain a budget, if you can understand that, well, understand what's coming in, where you're spending money, I think the part that could be somewhat miraculous or somewhat, uh, um, wouldn't call it godlike, but uh, certainly uh, very giving and generous is the ability to be generous with others. If you do control your own money, if you're able to have that discipline, and then if somebody around you who you love is in a pinch and in a tough time, if you have the ability to be generous with them and help them in that time, that's it's a wonderful place to be in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like a miracle in itself when you can be a part of that, that generosity cycle, right? Like the Lord mm -hmm. blesses us, we can bless others, and then we get all the fruits of that that amazing moment, you know? And that's it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. And so a term that, like I, I said in the beginning of the podcast, we are um, going to be leaning into as a ministry, and you're going to be hearing us say this term over and over and over again. And I, I love it. I think it's very well selected. I think it fits what we do. And that term is financial discipleship. And Diana, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations over the fact that we we try and use the word stewardship, but I love the word stewardship. Like it, it's a wonderful term and it encompasses so much, but unfortunately so many people have a bad connotation of that word or they feel like when they hear the term within a Catholic context, that they're being asked for money. And we talk about stewardship in terms of how you um, allocate your time, talent, and treasure to build God's kingdom here on earth. Um, but I think the word financial discipleship, if it's the term we have to use to hit people's ears correctly, then so be it. It's the same, you know, it means the same thing, and especially because we deal with finances. So um, like I said before, the word dis discipline and the word discipleship have the same Latin root word. And essentially it just means that you have daily habits, you have repetition, you um, you know, you have these routines and you grow in those routines 
to accomplish a goal. So when it comes to financial discipleship, we're talking about using our money, every dollar we have, not just what we're giving to the church to build God's kingdom on earth. And um, I think what where you two spoke to my heart individually, and then I'm so blessed to have you guys on this, this episode together, is talking about financial discipleship in terms of something you just figured out. It seems pretty organically and on your own. And we're all growing this. Like It's not that we're doing this all perfectly, but we're all growing in this. So I'm wondering if you two could talk about how you realized that the Lord owns everything and that we are called to be, you know, he's the landlord, we're the tenants. And we're called to be stewards, um, but we're also called to be financial disciples. So can you talk about that and how you kind of came about that journey? I don't know that I've always uh, ascribed to that belief, but it's been something that maybe over time, I should say, I've began to comprehend more. Hmm. And so I think now um, one of the questions that's been on my mind um, of late is that of mission and, you know, what is the mission I'm carrying out? And I think it's a good question to ask periodically. What am I on path with the mission that, that I'm set out to do to accomplish? How am I doing that? I think it's good to ask that question periodically. And then, yeah, one of those components is financially. Am I on point? So for me, that begs the question, who am I giving money to? Is this still appropriate? And so recently I just stopped donating to an organization that I thought was going off a point. And so instead I'd rather give that money to Catholic charities for Worth or St. Patrick cathedral, my, you know, my home parish, um, two causes I love and cherish and, uh, to plug Catholic charities. I think they do just an amazing job when it comes to, you know, allocating money and helping people, helping lift people out of poverty. I, I think it's just an, an amazing thing they do, but, I think for me, yeah, that's where the financial component comes in for me and the overall goal of, of carrying out a mission. I actually love that idea, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but I, you know, I guess you're right. We are all have our own separate missions that we're on, and I think every part of our life should be aligned to that mission, including our finances, right? Um, so, yeah, that's a really good insight. I like that a lot. For me, Caitlin, um, it's not something that I knew or believed until – to be really honest and like shameless plug until I took the Bible study, like until I had this course and like literally someone told me, I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. Like how cool. But I think it's one of those things where you could hear it and you could kind of like just bounce off and not really, you don't really believe it. But for me, for some reason it just stuck. And I think the reason is because it's true. Right. Um, it, I didn't, I didn't even, I guess I never even thought about it before, but when you, when you think about, our belief as Catholics, right? Like nothing is ours. Like, and I, it's so funny because it's so simple, but it's so true. Like nothing is ours. Like this computer I'm, I'm on right now is not mine. Well, it really isn't mine, but it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. And like everything that I have, yes, I've worked hard for it, but how am I able to work hard? I'm able to work hard because God has given me talents and because God has given me energy and God has given me opportunities. So yes, it's, it's partially like, driven by by me but i'm able to do those things because he provides for me so it's something the idea that that god is owner of all is something that i've learned more recently and since i've learned it i've been like okay well if this is the truth that i believe i need to my life needs to change like i need to do things that match what i believe so that's kind of where the journey started for me as far as discipleship and being disciplined I'm naturally disciplined in other areas of my life um, as far as like working out and following routines, but the, the financial and the spiritual aspect of it have come kind of have come in unison together and have grown kind of at a steady pace together as far as um, 
praying more about my finances and trying to align my finances with my faith and understanding that those two go hand in hand. Like you, there's no separating them. It's not one and the other. It is, they are both united. And so for me, it, you know, it looks like, like I said, prayerfully discerning decisions that I make about my finances, big or small. It's about leading a life where I'm not in loads of debt and I'm able to be generous with other people and, um, yeah, just like 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 what you were saying, Aaron. Like living my life, living out my mission, and that needs to look coherent in all areas. Like it can't just be like my mission in my faith life, my mission in my money, my mission in here. It's like all kind of together. So, yeah, that was. Yeah, what about you, Caitlin? I'm curious about you. When did you learn about this, and and how do you uh, live your life in mission? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So I have lived in this world of financial wellness for years. Um, I fell into this world like, through a volunteer position um, when I had a one-year-old and another baby on the way and I just needed to get out of the house and my husband said volunteer at this organization and and it's kind of evolved from there. And you know, I, I worked with all these different people encouraging financial wellness, but there was always a gap. Like, you know, I would go to church on Sunday and we're raising our children, you know, in, in a Catholic household and our one stress point was always money and how we're aligning our money with our values, but we didn't have the words to put to it. We couldn't figure out why there was a disconnect. And um, when I finally just said enough is enough, I knew my the contract I was working on was coming to an end and I was on program leadership and I knew I had these skills that were unique um, that not many people work in this world. And I knew I was like, I'm done feeling like there's a disconnect. I need to figure out how to link this with my finances. And I reached out to John and Evelyn Bean, and um, they they welcomed me into the ministry with open arms. And you know, I've been there ever since, and I got to participate in a study. But um, I think just the evolution of working with the ministry and seeing how financial discipleship has impacted so many other people's lives, um, and, and bringing that those those daily habits again, that discipline into our household, and just the constant acknowledgement that I don't own anything. This is all the Lord's and including my children, which that, that's the biggest pill to swallow as a mother, because you grow those babies, you know, for nine months and you nurse them for a year and change. And like, those are my babies, you know, but really they're not like they were sent down for, to, for my husband and I to care for and raise these like magnificent little creatures to hopefully go and grow the Lord's kingdom in their own ways. So um, it's, it's not just the dollars and cents and something we always say at the ministry, it's not about the money, it's about the change. And when you can get this mindset shift, you realize it's beyond your checking account. It's everything. And it's a scary process to go through to realize that nothing is yours. And yet it's also the most freeing thing you can ever go through in your life. So um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm hardheaded. Like, you know, it's, it's I'm stubborn and it took me a while and I've been in this field for how many years. But something I will say is, um, you know, you see couples who are struggling with this and finances are usually the number one thing that people struggle with as a couple. And, um, you know, my husband and I have always been pretty good. Like we, we don't fight too much about over money. We don't fight really at all. We're both middle children, both like the peacemakers in our household. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so these, these peacemaker middle children. And, um, but when we did have disagreements, it was about money. And I remember thinking like, dang, I work in this world. Like, how do I not have this perfectly? And it's because we didn't have it aligned perfectly with our faith life. Mm. And when we got that aligned, 
you know, I, again, it's not always perfect because we're not perfect humans, um, but we have a goal to work towards together and it's, it's grown our marriage as well. So, I mean, I'm sold. Like, you know what makes me think of, I, I always talk about this, but the chosen, have you guys seen the chosen? So good. So okay. good. So like, well, you know the story of how Jesus called all the apostles, and it just makes me think of like they were living their life one way, and they were they were sure that they were living their life correctly, and then here comes Jesus, like follow me, and they had to learn a new a new way to be disciplined, a new way to follow him, and so they had a choice to make: I can follow him, and I can follow his discipline and his rules, and and have a new routine for my life, or I can go back to my old way and kind of do things my way. I don't know why that just as you were talking, Kate, and I'm like that's I don't know, it just came to my mind. So. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And once you realize, and then you're not doing anything wrong, but when right. you realize how Christ could be integrated in this one other area of your life, how do you say no at that point? You know, like you, you really can't. And what I think, um, I mean, going back to what you two were saying, you were talking about being missional and living on mission. And um, I, I just came from just doing a fireside chat with um, a stewardship conference. And they were talking about another seminar they had gone to, and they were dividing up our, our age populations into the, the older population who gave based on duty. Mm. It was their duty to give, and so they gave, and so it was an easier thing to parishes to talk to was their duty to support their parishes versus our generation. Um, I know, Diane, you're a little bit younger than us, but you're still kind of <laughs> in the same group, um, but that we are missional. We need to be missional with our dollars. So you have this new group of people who are now earning income. We now have kids in parochial school. We, you know, are, are working professionals. Um, and, you know, the Young Catholic Professional Organization, I'm sure, can speak to this way more than I can about what we're contributing to the economy. But we are missional with our dollars. So I'm wondering what you two think about what parishes need to know about us in terms of how we're deciding to be generous with our dollars. I don't know that initially my thought is, I don't know that the word duty is bad, but at the same time, I think I'm more inclined to give if I know that a given cause aligns to my values and supports a greater good. Um, I don't know how, let's see, I'm trying to think of how a parish would be able to translate that or communicate that more easily because I think it has to be something uh, maybe it doesn't have to be something more ear-catching something short and sweet but um, like I said I think um, for instance my parish for several years had a homeless ministry and so for me that gave that gave me much more motivation to give and I was giving before but that certainly yeah gave me the warm and fuzzies of okay here's a population we're trying to help or you know we're doing well here we also give to catholic charities like i mentioned who i love and so those for me were great causes to to give to i think caitlin what comes to mind for me is maybe this is just me but i think as a generation we like to see like if we're just giving not blindly but like giving to something that we don't see the fruits of it like there needs to be a connection you know like i need to see a my money's going to this charity and I want to see, okay, well, look with your money, they built this, or they were able to do this. Are you with your money? We made 95 soups that we were able to serve. Like we need to see that connection, like, and be able to have a connection with where our money is going. I think for me, I like, um, what was it? There was, 
forget what it was, but they were like sending us pictures back to the parish to show like your money, you gave us money and look what came from your money. Like, I think that that's a big thing for people, younger people. They need to be able to have a relationship on some level, whether it's through Instagram or, or through social media or an actual, like an actual relationship with the person or the place that they're giving to. I think they're more inclined to give that way. You know, I think they're more inclined if they feel that they know the person or know the organization, then they're more inclined to give more money or even give money consistently to that person or place. I don't know if that makes sense. So we need the right relational aspect. Yeah, I think so. Okay. For younger people, I think that's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be a bigger, bigger impact if, yeah, like, like if, if I'm giving to a homeless shelter, okay, well, I would like to, I would love to see or know or be able to go and actually feed them with, you know, like and my money went to you, but you also bought, I don't know, however many bags of rice or whatever it is that you bought with my money. So I can see tangibly where my money went to. There's something to be said for having that, that transparency when it comes to where's the money going and to what cause and to what good, to what end is this, am I giving this money? I think that's, that makes sense. I know I find it more challenging to give to organizations like United Way, even if the, even if the charities that the money is going to, that I do select are, um, in my opinion, something that promotes the greater good, even then it's difficult because once you give that money, the next question is, okay, so what are they going to do with it? Mm-hmm. What are these five organizations going to do? And not many of us have the time to chase that those questions down with five organizations in the middle of our busy lives. So I, I don't think it's selfish at all. Yeah. Okay, this has been a fun conversation. So I'm wondering if you two can also speak to, before we wrap up, how the two of you stay disciplined with your finances. Um, I know like, I have my, my husband here to keep me in check. And he will only let me go so long <laughs> before he says, uh, you're kind of going off the rails. So uh, you two, as, as two single people, how do you keep yourselves in check with your finances when you are your own accountability partner? Yeah, it's so much fun. No, I'm just kidding. It's not bad. <laughs> um, I, I think I shared with you, Kaylin, I honestly make everything into a game. My friends laugh at me, but everything's a game. Like, And I make like little mini goals. Okay, like this month, I'm not going to spend... I, I use um the monk manual. I've told you, Caitlin, and I love it because I can write. Do you have it also, Aaron? Oh, it's so good. You got to get one. But I write, I write it down in there. And for one of my goals for like, I must have been two months ago was like not to spend money on food other than groceries. And so like, it was silly and it's small, but I accomplished that goal. And I felt so proud of myself after. I was like, whoa, I did that. Like I went a whole month without eating out once or ordering, like just getting my groceries and cooking at home. And so I just make it into a game, a little like, challenge because if you challenge me i'm so much more prone to stick with something than if i just like say okay i should do this like no if you do it then i don't even there's not even fake prizes it's just me like challenging myself i wish it was a fake prize like high five diana like you did it no but for me it's making it into a challenge or a game which might sound like trivial or immature but it works for me and um it just kind of gives me that motivation to like okay it's a goal it's a challenge like you you can't fail at this challenge you got to accomplish it Aaron's laughing so, at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the athlete coming out. That's what it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. So I was going to brag on myself a bit. I've only eaten out twice in the past 16 days, but that's definitely not zero times in the past 30 days. Like that's so great. <laughs> that's a lot of days. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say uh, lately I've been trying to get a little bit more fit. And so along with that, meal planning and buying more groceries, eating out less. And I was really, for a while, for a long time, I've just been weight probably too indulgent when it comes to eating out. And so 
it's been, yeah, just a great way to save money. I think on a different note, um, one thing I do on a monthly basis to track progress and to make sure I'm heading the right direction is tracking net worth. Mm -hmm. And so tracking assets, liabilities, are, you know, is one or both growing or decreasing? Mm. If they're not going the right, if they're not going the direction I want them to go, you know, what's the rationale for that? And so just being honest with myself, oh, I'm spending too much here or, you know, maybe my net worth decreased a lot. Well, um, maybe the stock market decreased, you know, maybe it went down 10% in the past month. Anyways, for me, that helps me to stay accountable and to at least track and document progress or regression. You have that on your blog, don't you? The so, calculator? so I have a I track it with an Excel spreadsheet. Oh. I'm sure I know there's software and apps out there that could that handle this, but I love doing it myself. And so I've definitely posted a template I use on there. I thought so. Yeah. yeah so that's I don't I don't do it that often, but I do do like check-ins every so often, like a budget check-in every so often. Mm -hmm. So that when you said that reminded me, and it's that is helpful for me to have someone like my brother. Bless his soul. He's so great. I, I was telling you, Caitlin, he made an Excel sheet also, and he had like all these colors. And when it was, when it was negative, it turned a red color and it was positive. It was so beautiful and I loved it. And so I do that every so often. I'll do like a budget check in, like, where are you at? Like, okay, why is this so low? Why is that so high? And so that is super helpful as well. So I like that you said that, Aaron. Yeah. And then another plug for our, our website, we do have a whole slew of calculators on compasscatholic.org. Um, and they are available in English and in Spanish. So you can go ahead and pull whichever one works for you. But also another shameless plug for Aaron's website, Dollars and Saints. There's so many good things on there. It's just everything's written so smartly. And um, I, I know we've used it for blog inspiration ourselves. So um, I appreciate you two jumping in this conversation, Diana. Sorry to put you on the hot seat. You're used to being the host now. And, it's um, all good. <laughs> Making you jump in here, but um, Aaron, do you mind leading us out in prayer before we uh, close on out? Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gifts, uh, the gifts we discuss on this call, and also, and most importantly, your uh, infinite love, your infinite mercy. Please bless us in this ministry and our ministries, and help us to lead more souls to you. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Aaron. We appreciate you being here. Yes, sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please subscribe and share it with a friend? We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or ideas for future episode topics, you can email us at podcast at compasscatholic.org or you can give us a call at 407-878-7637. We are so happy to be on this journey with you.